retro anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Brian, Lynette, and Vic. How's it going today, everyone? Hey, everybody! Awesome. All right. Today, the right stuff has never been so nicely packed. We enlist ourselves in the Japan Air Self-Defense Force and take off with the 801st TTS Airbats. Based on the manga by Toshimitsu Shimizu, the OVA series was released in 1994 and ended in 1996. So process that information. Started in 94, ended in 96, which is quite a long time for a seven-episode run. I think we'll have plenty to say about that. Well, this government was, funding. This was released <laughs> in the West. What's that? We're, we're, we're back in the... Uh, Brian is holding his... his, his <laughs> I am... Oh. Hang on. I'm almost done with the intro. Hang on. So this Go was ahead. released in the West on VHS by ADV Films in about 90 Old. Uh, and with a DVD release in 2002. Uh, it's currently out of print, so interested viewers may have to raise the black flag if they intend to find it. Uh, the plot focuses on the activities of the Japan Air Force technician Takuya Isurugi, who is transferred to the 801st Tactical Training Squadron, a ragtag aerobatics team, and Isarugi is a shy otaku who's obsessed with planes and immediately ends up at odds with the two primary pilots of the squadron, Mitaka and Haneda. Of course, hilarity ensues, and the two women he gained the ire of soon fall desperately in love with him. Why is a subject of mystery? So, <laughs> 90s uh, anime logic. Okay. It's a standard harem anime. And then it isn't, which is maybe it's a problem. I don't know. Go ahead, Brian. Oh, you, you're oh, eager. Let's oh, jump. You said problem. As <laughs> in, are, are you saying that you have issues with this anime? Oh, yeah. I have plenty of issues with this anime. I also have things that aren't issues with this. You know, I'm, on, I'm on both sides of, of you know, the spectrum on this one. Let's 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 dig in. Go ahead. I you've been waiting. I, I know you've been waiting so patiently. So so go for it. Tara, rip off the band-aid. Nothing in life works like this. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. If you watch this one and you're in all right, so you watch Top Gun and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm about to sign up for the military because that is kick-ass. You know, just on the intro scene alone, the Top Gun, you're like, sign me up. <laughs> and you know that because Top Gun is celebrated as air porn. You're yeah. saying the whole thing. And the thing that gets me about airbats is this was made in conjunction with the Jap Japan Air. Yes. In the opening credits, the Japan Air Force, the Japanese Self-Defense Force, they, they like sponsored this anime or something. And nothing, nothing works the way, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> I mean, the only thing they did a really good job of is jet wash. The, the air porn side of it, oh, uh, chef kiss. Uh. 
I concur. Yes, the mm-hmm. airplane. But porn. everything else. <laughs> oh fuck you, fuck you! Well, how else are you supposed to get a bunch of otaku to want to sign up for the self defense force? So now, and now I I know the answer for the two of you. You guys definitely watched the subversion of this, Brian. You went into this with the dubbed version, I assume. I actually don't know. <laughs> I actually, I, I I did sub. I, I, there were subtitles. Yeah, well, I I, I don't know did. if it was in English or if it was. I I swear to God, it. Here's, here's I how you can know. Here's how you can know, and I'll I'll tell you exactly how you can know. Were the Thunderbird pilots Southern? I think my ears mutinied. I can't <laughs> remember the sound of. It. Oh, there's only one voice, so I, it it might have been it might have been dubbed because I was about. To, there's only one person whose voice I recognized immediately, and that's Kanishi. Yeah, because my thought process was that. You know how you see people, uh, they watch an anime and then they start to absorb parts of that anime into their character? Sure. Like, for instance, the infant is when, when the ninja run from Naruto. Yeah. When you see somebody start running like that, you know that that person, you know exactly where it got that. Right. For, for Konishi, I felt like. I finally found who your kindred spirit is, Richard. <laughs> you couldn't, you couldn't tell me shit. Like if there was any doubt of whether or not you got your voice that you use from Kanishi, it was quickly dispelled when he started saying, "Shut up, shut up, shut up." <laughs> You watch the dub for sure. All right, so <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> I so I for this one I watched the dub. I originally watched it uh, in Japanese when it first came out in the '90s. I only ever picked up the first. I didn't even buy it. I think Diego bought it. Somebody it might have been Harold. Anyway, somebody else bought it. It was just the first volume, which I think it was only two episodes. So I never, I'd never finished this, and. I'm not sure if that's a good or bad thing. So, oh, wait for it. You haven't gotten there. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, it's a seven episode series. And like I said in the intro, this thing, it started production and release in 94, didn't finish until 96. For seven 30 minute episodes, that is an immensely long amount of production. And it you can kind of tell when you watch this. The episodes feel very disjointed. It feels like there's two distinct segments storytelling maybe three and and i just feel like they kept trying to hobble on an extra episode or two where they could before they finally just Mm -hmm. gave up on this what would be your thought process of why it took so long i think production issues funding yeah i (laughs) i think production issues i think that they they did a three episode story arc because the first three episodes are definitely a cohesive arc Mm -hmm. and then i think like they added an episode and then they're like, oh, you know what? We scrounged up some money. Let's put a couple more episodes out. And then I just, I don't, it just feels like that. Like, they're like, oh, we found more money in the defense budget. Let's make another episode <laughs> of this thing. Well, honestly, you're, I can tell you, being a government agent or, or, or an agent of the government myself, 
I can immediately tell you that this happened because of one, two things. By working in conjunction, they had to go from this person, this person had to sign off, and they had to go back to this person. Edits, re-edits. It had to go through. And if you know anything about the military, the word we are talking about right now is called bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what the holdup was on this. And when I found out that it was almost three years of production on these seven episodes, I I was like, okay, well, that tracks. Uh, the first... Again, the first three episodes, they are very clearly one kind of anime. And then the next two episodes or so are a very different anime. And then the next two episodes are a very different kind of anime as well. It, they really... This series kind of lacked direction. I think is the note I put. It really did. It lacked an overall direction. And I have a solution. Well, you have a solution? I'm going to save it for my final thoughts, though. It is astounding that when... Like we were, this is coming off of us watching, uh, well, the one from before that we just watched, Area 88. Area 88. Yeah, it is so disjointed compared <laughs> to what we got from Area 88. Yeah, like it, it really is like the difference between Top Gun and Iron Eagle. <laughs> you know what? That is a very apt description. Um, I can agree with that description. There's a lot of gambling in this series. <laughs> <laughs> Sakura is a, a, a brilliant yeah. Honestly, <laughs> ironically, uh, uh, service members being bad with their money, that's actually pretty spot on. <laughs> uh, it's, it is an interesting thing. So the, the first episode of this, is it starts off very harem anime. If you've ever watched a harem anime, Enchi Muyo, Ranma, uh, Rosario Vampire. There's a million harem animes. And this starts off with the same basic premise. A new kid rolls into town. He pisses off at least two girls in his first 10 minutes. And for some reason, those two girls fall in love with him. And then he spends the rest of the series trying to figure out which one is his true love and a love triangle or a love, whatever, however many girls there are. And going out of his way to make sure they don't kill each other. Right, while simultaneously trying to convince them that they're not enemies. Uh, and this is very successful at that type of anime for the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. And then they walk up. So um, now when it comes to this one, I didn't realize I've been introduced to harem animes way before I even started my, my, my tenure if you will, into Japanese anime. Yeah, anime has been around forever. <laughs> right, but I think this, he was... Go ahead. This felt like, uh, what if Archie, Veronica, and Betty met Top Gun? It, there you go. That's a great, great... Actually, it's a great way to describe it. Um, Mitaka, oh, the ice queen, oh. she's, you know, she's absolutely... And and Haneda's the the earnest one, the, the youthful optimist, and yeah, this the same character tropes carry over to this that it carried over from things like that and Tenchi. And you could take these characters and take their descriptions and you could copy paste them onto just about every harem anime and you're gonna match a character. That's not a slight against this. I don't I don't take that as a negative because I knew going in that's what I was getting. I knew it was a harem anime. When you say you knew are you talking about from back then or from Watching it now. 
No, watching it now. I mean, back then, I back then I didn't. It didn't really have a name. Like it wasn't like you didn't call it a harem anime back then. It was just, oh, this is like Tenchi Muyo. Oh, this is like Ranma One Half. Because mm-hmm. it was the mid '90s. You know, we hadn't developed all these clever names for all the tropes that anime have laid upon us. Uh, so. <laughs> I feel like when we're talking about tropes, I feel like. Um... It's almost as if we're talking about like horoscopes, you know, <laughs> how like somebody says, oh, my gosh, you're Aries, you're stubborn, you're pigheaded. Or right. somebody says, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like when we're talking about tropes, we're really digging into, you know, the horoscope of these people. And it's an equation that cannot change no matter what fucking happens. This is the equation. Yeah. You cannot change your fucking stars. There right. is no Uri on Lichtenstein in this bitch. <laughs> No, definitely not. Uh, and it, it's it's okay. I there's, you you latch onto certain characters, right? So because based on this these basic general characteristics, um, for like Tenshi Muyo, I always like Ryoko. I thought she was fantastic. Um, in this anime, the Ice Queen character, Mitaka, she was my favorite character. I loved her. I thought she was fantastic. And it's the same holds true for all of the harem anime out there. For some reason, I I like I like the Ice Queens. I just think they're they're fun. I don't know, the earnest ones, the the humble ones, the the nice girls. They piss me off. <laughs> they never open their mouth and they never and they don't emote well. And it's to, the characters like Aneta drive me crazy. Characters like Ayaka drive me crazy. It, so, you, so basically, you just pissed off all the Hinata fans of Naruto. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's go with it. <laughs> those 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 characters bug me it's just i i'm not i'm not great at saying what i mean all the time but i'm a hell of a lot better at it than they are <laughs> uh so there's some interesting things happening in this anime i i, I like that they are upfront with the fact that the 801st is basically a pr stunt that they're basically a uso show and they don't mm-hmm. matter and it's where they send enlistees who they're just trying to get rid of. So so that's the first thing. That's the first thing. Yeah. Uh, well, not the first thing. Well, my my previous I mean, statement... happens early on. Go ahead. Yeah, my previous statement was nothing works the way this is. Yes. So they are basically saying that not just the USO. We're saying that this is basically... You're going to spend your entire military career in the Thunderbirds. Yeah, but not because they're not even respected. At least the Thunderbirds are respected. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, these no, guys no, don't even count. <laughs> so, when I tell you how loaded of a statement that is, first of <laughs> all, you're saying that you signed up to be in the military. Yeah, and not only did you sign up to be in the military. Uh, you your first detachment is basically not combat war or nope. anything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. You're basically going to be doing military you're, air. Yeah, you're you're the circus. You're circus. Yeah, like Captain America early on. <laughs> yeah, like Captain America early on. Like he they they go through all this trouble to make him, and then they just put him on tour, punching Adolf Hitler lookalikes. Look, look, I dare I dare you to find one service member 
in any of the branches of the world who would not want to spend their entire military career doing this. Damn oh, being Oh, 100%. Fuck yeah. Who, like your options are you get yourself uh, a rifle and you're going to go to a combat zone and you're going to sor- serve two tours and um, your detachment is at high risk of death. Or, or, or they're going to teach you how to stunt fly an F-16. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're gonna pay you the same amount of money to, <laughs> to do this and put you up in the swankiest hotels. Yeah, they're gonna send you around the world as an ambassador of our military. You're gonna, right. they're gonna teach you to fly a stunt plane. Yeah, no, I of course, of course. Um, but you know, it's that that idea that they they set it up in this anime. It, obviously, not reality. We've established that. But they, they set it up in this anime that to be in the 801st is a kiss of death. That it's it's on death's door. The squadron's really holding on. It's a laughing stock because it's got female pilots. That's what they're that's what they've established. That's that's the uh, the narrative that they want to go with. So, do I care? No, you could put me in that squadron. I'd have been perfectly happy in that squadron. I'm just going to shine the T force. No problem. Set me up. All I got to do, like he's, you only see him get a wrench maybe, maybe two times, maybe twice. Right. (laughs) Yes. So the name is is a rookie. That's okay. I thought that was funny. I thought, I thought that was, too. I thought that was pretty clever. The the commanding officer is like he calls him is a rookie or as a rookie. I thought that shit was funny. As <laughs> a rookie, and he he says no, it's it's a rookie. And ever since I heard is as a rookie, I couldn't hear yeah. it any other way. It's just like is yeah. a rookie. That's all I he is. That like, he's funny. a rookie. And <laughs> and the commanding officer. Um... Are you thinking of uh, King Amini? Yeah, Kangamine. Yeah. He he's such a prick, and he's such an mm-hmm. idiot. And but I, <laughs> he's he's going through his opening tirade, explaining to Izaruki that uh, what's going on. It's you know, in case of mean people attacking, is how he described in the dub how he described <laughs> what they do. <laughs> do you not understand? <laughs> in case mean people attack, like what the fuck <laughs> kind of sales pitch is that? Um. So yeah, there's a couple word plays in there that 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 land pretty pretty well for me. Um, one thing that does not land well for me was the American voice actress for Yoko. Um, no, just no. There was a no. Just no. Is it as bad as Pi? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, it's it's Pi bad. What what was the commanding officer's name? Kaganini or what? Him. <laughs> yeah, Kingamina. Do you know where he they got his character from? I can tell you exactly whose character it is. Who is it? John Larroquette from uh, Stripes when he was in Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So they establish uh, pretty quick that that um, Isurugi is a huge otaku. His room is littered with just nerd shit, and I love it. Got a Sailor Moon poster on the wall. 
there's a couple Apple boxes on the shelf by him. But the toy roll call, when they show his shelf of toys, like I had to pause and write as many as I could down. Did you guys catch his, that, that's, there was a Gunbuster? I didn't pause it, but I caught a few, yes. There was a Gunbuster. There was Sailor Jupiter. Again, we watch anime completely different. I don't even know what the fuck part you're about. <laughs> he said he's in his room. And and I think it's uh, is it Haneda that comes in to talk to No, it's, it's Mitaka that comes in to talk to him. And she looks over at his shelf, and he's got toys all over his shelf. And she looks at him like this fucking guy. And on the shelf is just a shit ton of, of Easter eggs. There's a shit ton of toys. There's a Gunbuster, a Sailor Jupiter, a Biko, Ultraman, Mothra, Millennium Falcon, Godzilla, Ghidorah. Uh, the character from Otaku no Video, whose name went over, Satsuki and Mei from Totoro on there. There's a Dunbine mech in there. Fucking Robocops on the show. There's so many mm-hmm. things. Like I, I paused it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to just roll call. <laughs> Started writing down all the ones I could tell. The Biko fart is actually funny because they actually, uh, the studio Fantasia actually did uh, Project Echo 3. Hells yeah, dude. And, and Biko in her battle armor. It was great. It was, mm-hmm. it was great. You guys, oh, how are you? How are you fuckers able to do this? Uh, you must have been busy face palming at that time, um, from the, you know, the bad military etiquette. Um. I, <laughs> not bad, horrible. <laughs> I, not to sound, not not to sound, um, like somebody who's I don't know takes the military too far or aka a, a, a nazi but <laughs> <laughs> etiquette is so horrendous in this film and i like i can't believe that this was made in conjunction with the japanese air defense force. I, I, I i was surprised <laughs> as well you know what it goes to show you b is that they have a better sense of humor about it than than our military does our military takes itself way too seriously clearly <laughs> look look there is taking yourself seriously and then there's allowing the that the entire military force is going to participate in a global wide bet for who can eat the <laughs> Wait, wait, no, too soon, too soon. No, yes, I agree. Inter, inter, like different governments, everybody's participating in that episode. Anyway, (laughs) satellites were used. Satellites. Yes, yes. Um, (laughs) All right. I love that episode. (laughs) It was was a different anime. It was a different anime. I mean, that that episode. Look, that episode made my balls itch. I did not like. (laughs) One bit. <laughs> All right, so let's go to a doctor for that, Brian. Oh, I, I will tell him as he's cuffing my balls. Listen, here <laughs> we are here today. This is the symptom. Tell me what I got. <laughs> let's do, let's talk about a positive. They established early on in the intro for the anime, as well as in the first episode, that they do really cool flying sequences. Right, the airplane porn's a lot of fun. There's, they do some great camera work, like when they're doing trailing shots, the camera shakes and the way the planes are, all that shit's really good. The planes look really good. T fours are tight. Mm-hmm. F fifteens look good. Right, Reed. 
Even Brian? Yeah. All right. Yep, we so agree. They do they agree. Do some, do some stuff right. Episode two. Out of nowhere, the Ice Queen has a crush on Isadugi. Don't know why. Doesn't matter. He hated him the first episode. Now she's into him. Well, look at the other two options in the crew. Yeah, fair point. Again, Itaka. Had a bat. He could have got with the bat. Itaka's bae. She's waifu. Love her. Um, but again, just like, sweetie, you are punching way below your weight class here. The aerial maneuvers in episode two are really cool. I like what they did there. They kind of like have a fight. They're doing ACM, but they get a little carried away because they're angry with each other, wreck the plane. Again, nobody got in trouble for that, which was sure had Brian's spider sense tingling. <laughs> but, but, but not only that, not only that, let's talk about how they're able to save and recover from that. <laughs> Isarugi goes and runs. Well, first of all, gets a motorcycle. Don't right. know where the fuck he gets that Steals steals Yoko's scooter. Steals scooter to right. ride out to the perimeter gate, which is easily, I can tell you, from a runway where they will uh, just fuck, fuck that part. Rides out to the perimeter gate. We're not going to talk about the distance between how far that actually took him to get there. Yeah. To jump over a barbed wire fist mm-hmm. and then to mm-hmm. somehow commandeer the radio. Yes. Of a news team. Uh, not even a news team. Fanboys. They were just yep. fanboys. Guys that sit by the runway and shoot the airplanes. That's it. That was their whole shtick. Why did he not go to the air traffic control tower? I have no idea. Why? He was still new. Why? He was still new and didn't know where it was. Why? <laughs> with that. Why? Why? And why did the the maintenance technician have to tell the pilots how to land their planes that the air traffic <laughs> controllers couldn't do? Anime logic. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know. All right. It, look, when you put this into the anime Excel spreadsheet of what's supposed to fucking make sense, this is divide by zero all day long. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, anime is not supposed to make sense. If it did, I then mean, it'd be boring. Look at this look. kid's dreams. This kid's dreams alone are laugh riot. <laughs> it's it's like JD from Scrubs got in the military. Oh god, yes. Dreaming up these hilariously insane scenarios where some googly-eyed Godzilla's attacking his his you know his coworkers. The kids' dreams are all over the place. With eyes that pop out on string. Fucking funny. That, you know what this is, Brian? To to help you gain some perspective, this is like Hot Shots version of the military. This isn't even Iron Eagle. This is Hot Shots. Mm-hmm. And that's Hot Shots do. <laughs> that's, that's what you need. To understand, you weren't watching Iron Eagle or Top Gun. You were watching Hot Shots. And that's that's the mentality you have to have going into this. So the, the other... All right, so uh, I think we're going to need either some type of production notes or, or show notes or or maybe 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 even they can do it in an in-recording. Let me know this. What exactly are the ranks of fighter pilots? 
in okay. the Japanese. I, so I wrote that down because I I was curious about that as well because these characters Mitaka and Haneda are sergeants, and they're allowed to be stunt pilots. Piloting in the in the United States military is is officers only. Like you're a first lieutenant, you're a second lieutenant. Like it's you don't a sergeant doesn't even know what the inside of a fucking cockpit looks like. So you're not it's just that's like way above your pay grade. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the the rank requirements are to be a pilot in uh, the Japanese air defense forces. But I would be curious because I did take note. I'm like, these guys are sergeants. What the fuck are they doing flying planes? Maybe, I mean, the Japanese Defense Force sponsored it, so maybe we're, you know, in the wrong there. It, yeah, we don't know their ranking system, so... Right. I, I, I guarantee you it's not sergeant, though. I, I, I literally wrote, sergeants are piloting in this. Interesting. So episode three is my favorite episode in this series, and that's because it's the Mitaka episode um, where it's focused on her character development. Um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed her interacting, playing video games at the arcade, interacting unknowingly with her commanding officer, all that shit. Uh, just the whole episode, to me, I, I enjoyed that. It was fun. Is it the one that has the uh, horse race? Uh, episode... I, look, Sakura goes to the track a couple times in this. Um, <laughs> I think maybe it's this one. I didn't. I didn't note it because I was just like, okay, she's the gambler. Like that was the role they assigned her. I this episode three is where the series ends. Whether they like it or not, it's it has the closure where he where Isurugi doesn't commit to either of the girls. They have a, a they have an end credit sequence that is very much like this is the end of the series, like it's it's its whole thing. Mm -hmm. It feels like it was commissioned for probably like three episodes, and they managed to exactly get them in for yeah. a few more. Yeah, so that to me, episode three is the end of this, and it's just not in the right order. But it's fun. It's a fun episode. You spend a lot of time with Mitaka, getting to understand her motivations. I enjoyed that a lot. I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. The whole idea that she's gonna leave, you know, it's again, it's an episode that should have been later in the series, but it doesn't matter because by the end of it, they succeed and they're officially a combat unit. The designation changes. Which is totally ignored for the follow-up episodes. Hundred percent. So they're officially a combat unit. So in episode four, this can only mean one thing: beach episode. Wait, no. Okay, they're officially a combat unit. This can mean only one thing: onsen episode. So every harem anime has to have an onsen episode, and episode four is their onsen episode, and it's everything you expect an onsen episode to be. <laughs> I don't really have much else to tell you. It's an onsen episode. Scene one, seen them all. Breast episode yet? <laughs> you say best or breast? I, I I don't know. We'll have to. I don't, I don't know what I said. Anyway. Uh, episode five brings out the Thunderbirds, which I I loved, but again, Air Force brat, uh, Thunderbirds, is just fun for me overall. So I actually watched this episode twice because I wanted to know because I watched the dub, so I wanted to know if the English scenes were in English in the Japanese version, and and boy oh boy were they. <laughs> Were they English? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Japanese> <laughs> <version>. <laughs> Very. 
it was that was i was like oh man it hurt it hurt the the english hurt really bad they tried to be like yeah like hell to sound like authentic they just could not do it god love them No, very arrogant. They tried to exude arrogance. I feel, like, I feel like, you know, at times like that, you know, they could just walk down the street, you know, before and just sucker some tourists with, like, free merch. I will say that if you watch this whole this whole thing uh, subtitled, for the love of God, at least watch episode five dubbed. Because <laughs> at least the American pilots sound like American pilots. They're dicks. They're, they're absolute they dicks. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so I have thoughts on this, actually. All right. So things that I liked, uh, the mission patches and the wing patches and the flight suits were accurate. I thought that was really cool. The ranks were accurate, which I was like, oh, thank God. Sanuki geeking out on F-16s. I feel you, kid. That was cool. I dug it. The thing is that's interesting to me is, again, we've, we've said it a few times. This is sponsored by the Japanese Defense Forces. And... As a critique of American soldiers, it's quite illuminating. I mean, it may be a slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I've seen this and, and heard comments like this too many times over from real soldiers, and it's a little alarming. Like, per, the perspective of other countries about our soldiers. Like, these, these pilots were womanizers, they were clearly trying to get Yoko drunk enough to take advantage of her. They were arrogant pricks. They referred to the girls as geishas. Like, this is all shit I've heard. And it's not just in this anime. It's, I've heard it elsewhere. So, as her critique of American soldiers, it's a little upsetting. Not <laughs> that they said it, because lots of people say it. But it, it, it makes me wonder about how we are viewed in the world. This isn't the kind of anime you want to lean in on that with, but... Uh, honestly, it, for in, in regards to that critique, it came down to one phrase they kept on using. And it wasn't even from Japanese to America. It's from America to Japanese. We kept on oh, calling right. peaceable or... Uh, how Jaeger, Jaeger kept referring to the Japanese pilots as, yeah, like, or the Japanese military, like, they're buying their way out of war or some shit like that. And it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was, they kept on using peace. So yeah. if you are, if you are peaceable or if you kept on pursuing peace, what exactly is the opposite of that? Yeah. You're a warmonger. Literally uh-huh. the exact word I was thinking. Yeah. They kept on saying, you guys are all about peace. You're all about peace. Well, we in the U.S., we're all about war. Right. (laughs) Damn. I was like, come on. (laughs) I'm saying, like, it's, and this is a lighthearted anime. This is a comedy. Their observation, the best they could come up with for comedic observation of of an American military unit was sexist, racist warmongers. It just, it kind of like struck a chord with me a little bit. I know it's not the format or the platform for it, but it was just, it just made me kind of go, you know what? This is how we are seen by a lot of people. And that ain't cool. Even people who draw see it this way. Yeah, and that's, 
that sucks. We we need a better image. We are not doing a good job of cultivating it. Yeah, look, just think that's their image of us in the nineties. Right? In the nineties. Man, man, can you imagine their image of us now? Anyway. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're just a laughing, you know, just a joke to them now. I love that Mitaka used interbranch rivalry to get the Thunderbird pilots in a huff. That shit was great. Like, I hear the best pilots are actually in the Navy. That shit was fucking great. <laughs> Loved it because I've seen that too. <laughs> there is some serious interbranch rivalry. <laughs> the military, <laughs> that shit is funny. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is, if you really think about it, who would the Japanese be more afraid of? The Air Force? <laughs> Or the people they went against in World War II. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, no, no disrespect to the Navy. Love the Navy all day long. It's just, it's funny that they were smart enough to use that interbranch rivalry to get to get a rise out of them. I thought that shit was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and and before, before you begin, I've been holding off on the whole... Exactly how many times I was going to say that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that it's wouldn't happen. But since we're talking about Jaeger, that whole that whole thing <laughs> from, from them landing the plane, yeah, none of that would have happened in real life. <laughs> Not a word of Not- it. <laughs> Not a word of it. It, it, it would not have been, not only that, but even the civilian character that he used at that moment in time would not have been the civilian character that they brought. It would have been some type of ambassador. <laughs> it would have been some type of, you know what I'm saying? Somebody yeah. from the department. Yep. But again, oh, no, this is hot shots. We're, we're not getting the hot shots. We're getting the cold bullets now. We're, we're <laughs> so far away from Normal Earth 616 version of operation here. We're <laughs> this is so and I don't know how this got made. In the Thunderbirds episode, there's a great scene where they're where the uh the eight 801st is in their briefing room and they're figure out who they can get to replace Jaeger in the Thunderbird. And they're, they're going through Listen, like, well, no, I gotta fly for the, you know, I gotta fly for the bats. I gotta fly for the bats. And Yoko is in the background, <laughs> be a part of this. And the team completely ignoring she's in the room made my fucking day. <laughs> I hated. Like, that she character. didn't even exist to them at that I moment. Hated that character so much. <laughs> she's like, is there no one else? <laughs> Nobody. Like, we don't have what? anyone, huh? <laughs> Oh, not a man. single person. Not one. Funny. Not two. Nothing. Nothing. <sighs> to the point that they got Kangamine to do it. <laughs> Didn't even want to deal with it. The fact that he volunteered for it just to prove a point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that shit the only me. episode he was even remotely respectable in. Oh, before before, before they, after they put him in the ninja. Right. I mean, oh, with- yeah. Uh, and that again, that that whole goddamn scene, like we're gonna you're gonna just like put on a show for the Americans, ninjas and in, in freaking like fuck this shit. Oh, anyway, man. yeah, they put him in drag and and they make him fly an F sixteen. This shit was funny. I'm sorry, it was funny. You know, it makes 
you know, it actually made me think about have there been any other animes that have been made in conjunction with some type of State Department agency or like I would love to find out that Naruto was made with a you know with the ninja <laughs> <laughs> the ninja coalition of Japan. Oh, you know but episode six was um was Lynette's episode she liked the ramen episode. You wanna talk about it? Tell me. It was, I, it was just complete I loved it because it was complete nonsense. It was just like None of it would have happened. How how are they coordinating around the world to have this huge bet off of these five people that probably don't really mean anything? And the one character that nobody likes is the one who wins. And yep. I actually, I mean, the sub version of Yoko, I really like her. Yep. I don't, I didn't hear the dub version. Thank goodness. Don't. But she she's very quiet. She's very cute, and she's basically. I feel like. She, I feel like when she signed up, they probably had like cookies, and she just went <laughs> cookies, and then signed up, and went. I don't know what else to do, and they didn't know what to do with her, and that's how she wound up there. But, and to me, I felt like that was awesome. Like she's the best, she's the best distracted character I've ever seen in any type of anime. Is she's she's just there with a bat on her head. Mm-hmm. She I don't care. and she ate them under the table. Yes, she was the she Mihoshi is. in the Tenchi world version of this. She's Mihoshi. Yes. She's, yeah, she's the buffoon. With the high-pitched voice. Right, with the high, but who manages to pull out a win every now and then. When the episode started, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a Yoko-focused episode, isn't it? And I was, because, you know, I'd been watching the dub. I was really not prepared for that. Luckily, it wasn't. It was just a, a food filler episode. And then I was like, okay, cool. Well, you know, they got that out of the way because now we got episode seven, so then they can finish the story with a flashback episode on a character that had like five lines in the entire series. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What? what? <laughs> I got confused. What are you fucking like, doing? That... And it ended on that. So I was like, it ended it on ended that. On the ramen episode. Mm-hmm. That would have been the best. Just end on the ramen episode. It... You have no idea what you're doing. So this is supposed to be the conclusion. Right, that's the end of their series, and it's a flashback episode on a third-string character. I was, I was honestly very surprised. And, and, and there is no resolution about it. Oh, she finds a ring, and she finds a note box. And... <laughs> she finds that Konichi loves her. And you're like, okay, Konichi loves her. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to close it and put it back in. We're going to go back to that. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I would be very curious to see how much of the manga translated into this but not enough to try and find the manga because this is an incredibly difficult series to find at all be it manga or anime but yeah it's it just it's sort of like they that being the last episode made me fully realize they had no plan for this and they just kept mm-hmm. you know why you, can't find it, right? you know why you can't find it why is that Brian? because it's classified Uh <laughs> 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 Oh, man. So, all right. So I have a proposition on how you can help this series. And my my proposition is the same proposition that that fans use to fix Star Wars. I'm proposing that there needs to be a machete order for this series. I think you need to watch them in a different sequence than the numbered episodes to get a better result for this series. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I think you need to start with episodes one and two. 
Episode one, obviously introducing the characters. Episode two is this, you know, the sick date. It skips the date. Then I think you need to jump to episode five, where the Thunderbirds show up, mix things up. It gives the pilots a chance to show that they can go toe to toe with another aerobatics team. Mm-hmm. Then you throw in the Onsen episode because they successfully, you know, stood their toe to toe with the Thunderbirds. So now they go celebrate the Onsen episode. Then you can throw in six if you want for fun with the ramen eating. You can nick seven entirely. That needs to be like a special feature on a DVD or something. And then the last episode's episode three with Mitaka, Mitaka deciding to leave the Airbats and then in the end deciding to stay. And I think you've got a more complete story arc than you do if you watch them in numerical order. That's the only way I can see you helping this. I, I agree with the plan. I don't agree with the order. Okay. I think that the Thunderbirds should be towards the end of, of this engagement because okay. we really don't have any type of big bad. Sure. In this You're world. right. There's no overreaching... So, Big bad. Right. So, if anything, I would leave the Thunderbird episodes last and then put episode three at number six. I still think that you use the ramen episode as number, uh, like, somewhere episode. In the middle. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, but right. I still think that um, while it's character development for somebody who really doesn't fucking matter, it does show the character development for two people who really don't fucking matter. So because it's two, you should put episode seven right dead smack in the middle. Okay. I, I like that you chose to save it. I wanted to axe it. I, I respect that you that you elected to include it. That's that's my answer to make this a, a palatable series, is you restructure Also, so it should go five Firebird. I mean, episode, which one is the... Thunderbirds the, is episode five. So five should be seven. Like second to last episode. Because Mitaka leaving is kind of like the end of the arc. Because mm-hmm. at the end, he professes that he loves them both. And she decides to stay with the team. I think that her staying with the team sets them up for a bigger, badder villain in terms of the Thunderbirds. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you do you do three, and then you do the Thunderbirds episode as the finale. You know, I also thought that when we heard when I hear Harem, I I think that everybody who or every character of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. or even fucking the, the same sex character, whatever, right, sure, right, to there is immediately falls in love with the male person. Yes, you're right. You're right. In typical Harem anime, any person of the opposite sex generally falls in love with the character. I think that was what was going to happen with this and then they pivoted. Because <laughs> you never really see Jaeger and Isarugi. They don't, they rarely have any screen time together. So yeah, he's not, I, he's not I, in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Isarugi was not able to to project his pheromones on her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah he's, he spends that whole episode in a hangar making love to an F-16. So oh, the F-16 fell in love with him. Okay, right there. That's all he does. Um, 
Yeah. So anyway, that's I, I think I think if you restructured it, you could you could fix this to make it better. Not saying it makes it good, but it, it improves it. I don't <sighs> I don't have a lot else to say um, about this, so I'm gonna go ahead and let us start closing out. No, 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 no. I guess Brian, Brian has way more. Uh-oh, let's up notes. You are not going to put me through hell for seven episodes and think you're going to get off on that. And then next, you know, we close off and we say, oh, shit, I, I wanted to talk about this. Bring it. We didn't even talk about the, 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 the short bitch from the end episode. And just how batshit crazy that episode is. <laughs> With the, the the bathhouse, the onsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that shit, that shit was funny. No, 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 no. I, no, I didn't say. I didn't say funny. Those were okay. not the words. Like, there the words. Like, right. We're we're was batshit crazy. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> that is correct. I, I I retract my statement. Please elaborate. Let's talk batshit crazy. Let, let, let's talk batshit crazy. Let's talk about the fact that we have a uh, zero yeah. plane that is really in mint condition, except for whatever the fuck it's Rugi worked on. Right. And you mean to tell me that it took him that long to get that shit? Like, look, it was, it really was flight worthy. Yeah. It where, was. Where the fuck was he? Where, where was he going? <laughs> Somewhere where Haneda and Mitaka won't kill him. I mean, I mean, because it's not like it's not like he was in a time warp, like your homeboy, like homeboy from uh, uh, King Kong Skull Island, where he got stuck <laughs> in a time warp. Nah, this motherfucker has been exposed to the entire workings of the world since World War Two, so he knows that shit did not go well. In Pearl Harbor. He knows the Korean War. He knows about Vietnam. He knows about the Persian. I mean, he knows everything up to this moment in time. And his plan is as soon as the plane gets working, I'm going to fly it. Where the fuck are you going? Uh, right. I'm pretty sure there's not a single bit of airspace that'll be happy with an unregistered zero flying in the air. I, I think I think that his that wasn't his plan. I think that was his escape. Like he was panicked. I think his plan yeah, was Taka wanted to kill him. Yeah, no, straight up. I think his plan was to oogle and take advantage of the pilots. And then when he got found out, he was like, "Oh, conveniently, this dipshit has fixed my zero. I'm gonna use it to escape in a panic." That's what I think. Or maybe since they are about to kill me, maybe I should use the katana that I also have on my side. And kill them all. I mean, he had fucking options. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, he he did, but he chose flight, fight or flight, which is probably why he still has a zero because he didn't fight with it. So he's clearly on the flight response. My, mind you, uh, we're, we're we're saying uh, he only to find out that he's been pretending this entire episode to be a she. Right. Yes, yes. He's in, in drag the entire episode pretending to be an elderly woman. And then his Batman costume change is a dead kamikaze bio. Uh, uh, yes, this ghost, mm -hmm. the ghost uh, story that he's spinning it gives him access to the pretty girls. 
it's next level hentai. The dude is is Haposai from from Ranma with a bigger budget. Right. <laughs> look, I don't even know who you're talking about, but I'm just <laughs> we'll get you there. We'll get you there. Look, look. But I'm going to automatically be offended for that character. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you will. I think I think when you finally meet Hapasai, you'll be pleasantly thrilled with that and that comparison. <laughs> it was absurd, but it was an onsen episode. Nobody goes into an onsen episode expecting anything other than boobs. That's the point of an onsen episode, and and that's, that's what they gave you. That got me kept. That's the only thing that got me. Through the watching other videos, because like, all right, you give something to live for. <laughs> so you like halfway through, they gave you boobs, so you were able to get it, get through the rest of it. I, I, I called, I, let me know my thoughts right before <laughs> that episode. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, oh, okay, all right, and then you just you you going, to hold it because. Well, I was going to call you and tell you, like, I don't know if I can make it through this one. <laughs> and you said, Brian, save it. I was like, well, if I have to save it, that means I got to go through and make sure I, I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And then that came on, and I was like, okay, you get two more. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's It did its job. That's all Unsent episodes are for, is to keep you going. Most of the time, Onsen episodes aren't even part of the regular stretch. You got to get them as special editions on the DVDs, <laughs> the Blu-rays. I would say that they, I would have thought, I would say that I would have thought that with all the air porn that we had, we would have had some really great boob depiction. No, no, this isn't no. Sato Shihata, man. Come on. Although no. his version of this anime would be a hell of a lot more interesting. Um, <laughs> And it'd only yeah. be like an hour and a half, but the greatest hour and a half in motion. <laughs> it's it, it, like I said before. I, I think not. It's hot shots. It's not serious. It's a joke. It's you're supposed to laugh at it. You're supposed to laugh at the absurdity of it. It's that's the point. That the absurdity is the. Point. It doesn't go so far as to be full blown hot shots, but you know that's that's what they were going for. They were going for laughs. I certainly agree with you, Brian. I, as a as a strategy for getting enlistees, I don't know that that is successful or, or would have been successful. But uh, it was a different yeah. time. Yeah, I guess. Are, are we to that point? Are we Wanna to the wrap? Let's do it. Let's give our final thoughts on on eight hundred and first TTS airpads, Brian. You've been so patient with us. I'm going to let you start. Yeah, nothing of this video matters. So instead of doing that, I'm actually going to tell you about the cocktail I'm drinking today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, I recently found a really good uh, cocktail. It is Tito's rum. Top it off with uh, so half a cup of Tito's. And then you put uh, Sprite. And do you top it off the, ray, the rest of the way with fucking sparkling wine? I am so tipsy right now. <laughs> I thank this drink because it got me through the pain of having to watch a movie that, I mean, a series that is supposed to have some great shit and it sets it up for some great action. 
just for not one fucking plane to be shot down. <laughs> in in the real world, in his dreams, like four planes go down. No, nothing of this. This is the ultimate who's line anywhere where the points are expensive, but they do not matter. Nothing <laughs> of the, nothing. Even the harem portion of this doesn't matter because guess what? This is not the first harem they've had. It was actually reverse harem between betting girl and the two people. And we don't even know why he, did he die? You, you bring up a valid point. He was so unimportant, I don't know what happened to him. He just stopped showing up. So <laughs> since none of that shit matters. I don't remember his name. Does anybody remember? Did anybody write his name? I don't remember his name. No. He was there's that love, unimportant. There's a love interest in episode seven that doesn't matter. He shows up. He does. He doesn't matter. <laughs> they think he was a pretty cool harem uh, attack where the girls every time something happens they say this is the ultimate betrayal or something like that and they all turn around with with their fists clenched right yeah thought that was really cool but it was completely wasted it, it like an episode of a different series yes yeah it yeah. felt like it was more it more it belonged more like in a high school anime than anything mm-hmm. it should have been so Andre- somewhere else during this part, please uh, put some type of scrolling text for this moment, this wonderful uh, cocktail, and we're going to call it Air Bat Shit Crazy. Air Bat and, Shit I love it. And I need you to write the recipe down for Air Bat Shit Crazy. I'll right, have, uh, have Andrea scroll it on screen. Right, right. <laughs> so for a, um, let's say 16 ounce. All right. Tumbler, 24. 24 ounce tumbler. Half of it is Tito's Vodka. And then a quarter of that after leftover is Sprite, and then a quarter is some type of sparkling champagne. All right. You'll air bat shit crazy. Air bat shit crazy. Have yourself a glass of air bat shit crazy as you tackle air bats. <laughs> I got it. That's really, I love it. Thank you. And thank you for the deep and insightful breakdown of the series. No, the fuck And matter. your final thoughts. I greatly appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Lynette, you didn't get a lot of chance to to let your emotions be known on this one. Why don't you tell me what you thought about Airbats? Now, look, I know, before I let you talk, that I think Vic and I are maybe the only ones that ever saw any of this back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Oh, I it on DVD. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I've never, this is the first time I saw it. All right, so that that's, that's great. I, I knew that going in. I just wanted to clarify for the audience. Mm-hmm. So let's have it, Lynette. You, you haven't had a chance to really go at it, so talk to me about Airbats. Totally real life. Guys join the military. You're going to wind up in a, in a building with a bunch of girls and underwear. So totally real life. That's really what's going to happen. Um, for the women out there, totally real life. You can go out there, sign up, and mistakenly sign up for Girl Scout cookies, and you're going you're gonna to fly a, a plane. It's, good. it's totally real life. It's based off of reality. I've seen it, lived it, felt it. It's all there. <laughs> Lynette is actually a pilot. This entire time. <laughs> they based Yoko off of my life. I'm just telling you there. <laughs> I signed up one day. I wanted mochi. Wound up <laughs> in the air bat. And that's, that's what happened. So. 
<laughs> you know, that's 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 what's really gonna happen. I've seen it in the commercials. The recruiters got it going. You that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, no, thank thank you for that. That was um it's very concise description. What base are you gonna be find at so we can let them know to send all their mail? Yeah, yeah. If you, you sign up for the Japanese self defense forces. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll definitely get stationed at it, what is it Izumi Air Force Base I think is what it was called. Yep. Um, yeah. So, yeah, bravo. And the ramen is to die for. There you yeah. go. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, Vic, <laughs> lay it on me, man. Airbats. Now, since you were one of the few people that saw it back in the context of being a teenager, and now coming back to it, how do you feel? So teenage me, I'm pretty sure only saw the first few episodes as well as you did. Now I agreed with you totally. The first three episodes are probably the best part of the series, and the rest is just—it's like they added filler, but they added it in the wrong order. <laughs> so it's oh god, I had fun with the series. At the same time, it's not one that you have to run out and watch, despite the fact that it's out of print. So. Going out to watch it is not that easy. But it's, oh God, it's such a missed bag. Because, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought it was just, it was stupid fun. I'm sorry, sir. Um, I like how you said it's the filler, but out of order. So, so for context, are you saying, think of it as a padded bra, but the bra is put completely outside the bra and on the back? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's exactly what he's saying, because that's exactly the way I felt. It is the padded bra where the bra where the padding is on the outside of the bra and it put they actually padded the straps on the back side. It's like Brian, I, I don't think it works that way. That's <laughs> what he thinks about the anime. <laughs> okay, but it's it my turn to talk. You you spent yours <laughs> talking about Tito. It's my turn. Look, look, I was trying to interpret what you said. I was trying to make sure I Got what you said, and great stuff, sir. Great stuff. You have you? Of- no, no, no. I'm gonna use your ter- I'm gonna use your terminology. Okay, this is as if you're using the padded bra, but instead of putting it on where it should be, you're putting it on the outside. You know what, sir? Have you ever thought about doing the vintage anime podcast? Because I think you'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would be so awesome. You you should really. I know some guys that are looking for panelists, and you're exactly what they're looking for. Thank you so oh, much. Where am I then now? Oh, crap. I'm in the wrong podcast. I got to go. <laughs> you're in the filler episode. Uh, uh, yeah, but no, seriously. Like I said, the first three episodes, definitely the best of the series. The, at, the stuff at the end felt like it needed to be intermixed between. If you're going to watch it, it I, I think... You shouldn't go out of your way, but if you're going to, you can stop after the first three episodes if you want a more, I don't want to say more serious because it's still comedy, Yeah. but if you want a more grounded anime versus the last four episodes, then just do the first three. But if you got access to the DVD that has all of them, then eh, why not? Yeah, I think I think the only other ways you can find this are VHS or in Japan it was on Laserdisc. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. And if you check on eBay, it's not horribly expensive despite the fact that it's out of print. 
just to quantify what he said, he said three out of seven. So 42% of this anime is the only thing that matters. The, the other 58, you don't fucking need. Not 100% sure on your math, but yeah, pretty much. Motherfuckers right there. <laughs> Motherfuckers right there. I never said I was good at math. <laughs> right there. I, I, I showed the work. So he did. Bravo. I, uh, I sympathize with all of you. Um, my, I, I presented my resolution a little early on in the episode, but I think a machete order for this will present you with a more complete anime. Not a complete anime, but a more complete anime. Uh, definitely start with one. I, I think you should finish with three. Brian makes a strong case for finishing with, with episode five. And you can pretty much mix up everything else in between, however you want. Honestly, when you really think about it, the stories are so disjointed that there's really not an overreaching narrative. You could get away with mixing them up. Uh, but yeah, if you, you start this and you were to stop in episode three, you would never have known there was more. And you might have been fine. But then you would have missed out on the Onsen episode, which is the best episode of the series. And you would have missed out on... The Thunderbirds episode, which is the closest thing to a big bad that you get in the entire series. So there are merits in, in watching it all. I I can't... To say that we could recommend this would be a lie. I don't, I don't necessarily think I could recommend it. If it were readily available, if you could just log on to Amazon Prime and watch it, or Crunchyroll, or something like that, I'd say go for it. Give it a shot. You might like it. You might have a fun time if you enjoy silly anime. Being that you would have to go through extraneous effort to hunt this down, I don't think it's worth your trouble. I think you, you, this is the kind of anime that if it falls on your lap and you have a batshit, an air batshit crazy drink, and sit down, have a laugh, or not, get drunk and have a laugh. And, and I think you can enjoy it. And again, just sandwich it with the episodes that matter, fill it with all the other stuff. And uh, I think you come out of this happier. Uh, I, you know, I, I tried to come up with a tag for this, and I couldn't come up with one. Uh, nothing really good, anyway, because this anime isn't exactly doesn't exactly present enough information to have a comical uh, tag. Can I try? Can I try? You're more than welcome to try. You seem you seem to have enough of a buzz on. You might be able to pull it off. Let's go. So that's our show for today, folks. Until next time, keep calm. And have an air basket crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Have an air shit crazy. But keep calm. But keep calm. Keep calm Definitely first. Keep calm. Keep calm. You've have just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.